The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting resource platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Sign up at GameTime.co and use promo code CFBX for $20 off. That is GameTime.co, promo code CFBX. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Twelve. Twelve. He's a dog, 12. 12, you are a dog. Oh, man. I mean, sometimes isolation in purgatory is what exactly what you need to come back to the league. Sometimes it's exactly what you need to come back into the league. Demon home. Demon home, pussy. Demon home. 12 is back in the league and he dropped 34 in his return in a win as a nine-point dog on the road. Yo, the league is completely back in balance now that Jaws back. And now we watch. We watch to see them and see if they can drag themselves out of this hole that they put themselves in. But oh Ja. And you know what? To top the night off, because not only did I get to watch Ja drop 34 on the road and get the win when everybody was saying they booed him when he got the ball. Like the oh, man. So not only did I get that win, but then. I I really wasn't expecting this one. I was like, oh, all right, like, you know, you know, we chilling, we chilling. And the night goes on and I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this game is kind of, you know, close this whole way. I don't know. An overtime win in Chase Center by Stephen Curry. Wardell? Wardell? Wardell. Wardell said night night to the Celtics. Again. With Andrew Wiggins and Chris Paul, who can't even don't even know up from down at this point. Man. <laughs> there was so many people that was like, yeah, this is an easy win by the Celtics. Easy win by the Celtics. They're going to get it done. Porzingis is going to play. They have no answer for Porzingis. The Warriors are not going to be able to win. I mean, between between 12 and 30 last night, I don't know what to tell people, man. I don't know what to tell people. I don't even know what to tell people. Didn't even, didn't even think about it. It was a great night. It was a great night. Shout out to Scott for the drop. Shout out to one more time because he's back, man. 
This is this is so good. I'm asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And we can build on it today. Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what is going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. Yeah, overall, doing pretty well. Uh, definitely a fun pair of NBA games on TV last night. If you also caught the Portland game late, that game was pretty entertaining, too. <laughs> so the only bad game... Yeah, Portland come back from like 16 down against Phoenix as well. So that was also a good win there. There's only one game that was kind of boring, which was the Milwaukee game because they were up by 18 after a quarter. Uh, Giannis had a triple-double, Lillard at 40. I'm not really going to mention it because they were expected to win that game. But, but go back to the TV games. Yeah, that, yeah. They didn't that cover. Is, they, <laughs> they, they did not cover. Not the underdogs went 4 now ATS last night. So, and three of them won straight up. So to go through the brief... Uh, points that you made before. Ja, uh, ja was great down the stretch. Simply put, another bad closing job by New Orleans uh, in a game they probably should have won. I believe Memphis scored two points in an eight-minute stretch. Two points in eight minutes in the second <laughs> quarter, and they still won the game? Uh, that can't happen at home. Uh, but I feel like the Pelicans are this team that we talked about over and over again. Nothing has really changed. This team, we want them to be so good and there's just a certain ceiling there. I don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know if it's a talent block. There's something, uh -huh. which is why we think they're a psycho team, and it's why we really don't think that they are this serious dark horse candidate threat that a lot of people want them to be. There's just something off about the mental makeup of this team. I also don't know if McCollum's actually good enough to be a big shot guy late in games. He's had a couple of moments in his career he took two threes in the final two minutes yesterday, uh, yesterday, and neither three hit the rim. I think one went over the rim, and the other hit the backboard. So McCollum was not good down the stretch, but you saw Memphis have a closer. Ja said, give me the ball. I'm getting to the lane. Nobody hey, stop me. Every time. Every, every time. time. He, it was the same thing, and they couldn't. Yo. And I was happy because Ja was actually turning down threes. He had a couple of three attempts early in the game, and they didn't go in. He went over from three. And then he realized, wait a second, nobody can stop me from getting to the paint. And he just did the same thing over and over again and kept hitting those little floaters in the lane. And it went in every time. So the main difference or the main issue is with New Orleans, this team still has some mental blocks late in games or just when they have leads. And I don't fully trust their decision-making down the stretch. And to segue into another team that I don't trust their decision-making down the stretch, the Boston Celtics, once again in the fourth quarter of a game they probably should have won, looked extremely lost offensively late in that game against Golden State. They couldn't score for the last couple of possessions in regulation. They carried over into overtime. And I've said this before, but I will say it again. If you think the Celtics team with Missoula as the head coach is going to win the championship, you're out of your mind. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't know what Missoula does on this team. And I'm not going to solely blame Missoula because we know Ime is a very good coach. We've seen what he's done with Houston. They had this exact same issue in the NBA Finals against Golden State where Tatum and Brown just don't seem to generate good shots for themselves down the stretch. 
no matter what the coaching was. Now, is Missoula worse than Ime? Of course. It's not even close. Like, I don't think Missoula is a good coach at all. He doesn't use timeouts, doesn't design up plays. I just want to know if you're a Celtics fan, how many times can you just sit there and watch Tatum and watch Tatum do the exact same step back fadeaway jumper in the final possession of regulation? And it never goes in. It never goes in. I don't know how many times you've actually seen him make that shot in the final 10 seconds of like a one score game late. I could probably count it on one hand because it feels like he misses most of the time. Just saying. So my main takeaway for Boston and for New Orleans is kind of similar in the same way. I don't trust them late in games and I don't trust them in close games. The only difference is Boston is viewed as being the best team in the East and in a four out of seven playoff series with a lot of stakes, you know, being involved, I'm expecting a repeat of what happened last year because I don't trust this team to fully function offensively in crunch time in big moments. That's my takeaway for Boston. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to add or you wow. think that's just enough said. <laughs> nah, enough said. Enough said. I love this song. I mean, it's literally, you know, what I was thinking. Like, it's the same the thing, thing is, over and over again for the last two years. Nothing has changed. It's the same thing late in games. I know poor Zane. Hey, man, play, I've, been, I've been singing the song for years, man. I've been singing the yeah. song for years. It's never going to, it's not going to get done. And everybody's going to continue to expect them to get it done. And it's just not going to happen. Like, there's, there's a curse here. There's a curse. So talk about late game. I do, do want to give a quick shout out to Derek White, though, because I had his under four and a half assists and he scored like 26 points instead. So shout out to Derek White. That's all I want to add on yeah. that. Yeah. Very, uh, shout out to Derek White, who had uh, almost was the leading scorer until one Wardell Curry came in and stole that title. I'm out on the Suns. Officially out on the Suns. So uh, I do want to ask you've been out for him on a little bit. How in were you ever on this team? Because I know in the offseason we were laughing at the 50 plus win total, and we were all in on the under for that. Yeah, so how but in were I you still, in the first place? I thought I thought that the regular season would be comical. And I guess it is kind of still going on that trend. So maybe I'm not out on them. Maybe it is going, but I was like, the regular season is gonna be comical, but when they get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. like it's gonna get to a point where they're just going to continue to score and they're going to continue to find ways to score. And when it gets down late, like they're just, they're going to be able to score, but the late game execution is so bad that how do I even feel good about a late late game execution in the playoffs? Like, uh, uh, are you even going to make it to the playoffs? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, like 38 to 20 or 30. Yeah. It was 38, 20 in the third third quarter. quarter. It was 38, 20 in the third quarter. It was, it was pretty bad, like pretty bad. That was also the Wizards over the weekend at home. Yeah, They came back and they won the game, but that they were trailing for like 80% of that game. But I mean, it's the same. It's really the same thing that we was talking about last year where the bench is just oh, like, and they brought in new guys, but the new guys aren't doing anything different than what the old guys were doing. So it's like, it's almost as if you just trade Bernie Beal and just get you a whole bunch of players that can play on the bench, and then you probably have a better team because it's not like Bradley Beal plays anyway. Can Wizards, you trade man. Beal based on all the injuries at this point and the contract? No, you can't. No, I was literally just talking. There's no possible way they can trade him. Trade him for Levine? 
<laughs> just make the ultimate joke and trade him for Olivine. Uh, but yeah, I've been out on Phoenix since the start of the season and nothing's changed. I thought that they were fool's gold to win a championship or at least to be in consideration. And the issue is pretty simple for me. In today's NBA, you can't build a roster spending all your money on three guys and relying on minimums for the rest of the of the actual roster. Now, it's different because Beal's barely played, and Katie's honestly cursed. He won a ring, and then every player he's ever had after that got injured at some point. So that's just yep. kind of the KD curse that he's dealing with. But I just look at this roster, and I don't think the supporting cast is any good. I just, just simply put. Now, Nurkic has been better than I thought he was going to be. But offensively, he's still not always going to give you what you need. And defensively, he's still too slow to guard on the perimeter. Grayson Allen's been okay, so I'll give him that. But you're going down the line, like Nasir Littles and the Watanabes and the Goodwin's okay. And Akogi, my point, though, you're relying a lot on these either unproven uh-huh. guys or you can argue below average guys compared to most benches to really carry you in some of these minutes. And they just can't do it. Uh-huh. And it just feels like when you stagger the minutes with Booker and Durant, and both of them are not on at the same time, the supporting cast isn't good enough to pick up the slack. And it just feels like you're constantly in a pressure to get Katie and Booker going at the exact same time. And most of the time, they haven't had it recently. Now, Durant at 40 last night in a casual 40, but they got torched by a decent amount of like Portland's secondary players. And it was just watching. Uh I've seen it over and over again. The Suns roster is not good enough. And that's why I like the under for this team. One was chemistry. B, I know that Lante is extremely anti-Frank Vogel. And I've been defensive in the past. I don't think he's done a great job with this team so far this season. So I will admit so far he was right about that. He just feels like he's a coach that like, He's just there. Like, I, he won a title, I really but forget. LeBron's won I, I forget, but I forget times. that he was the coach of that team. Like, when I sit there yeah. and think of that Lakers 2020 team, I'm like, oh, yeah, Braun won that title. And then it's like, uh, oh, yeah, Frank Vogel was there. Like, yeah. But either way, the point is looking at the Suns, I was never in Joe on Gatto. I never viewed them he as really, he really is just doing yeah. freaking uh, impractical Joker skits the whole game. That's all he's doing. The worst part of it, though, is that since Phoenix has a bunch of basically minimum contracts and three guys, and one of them has been injured the entire year, you can't even make any moves. Like, you're just stuck at this point. I don't know what roster moves Phoenix can make. So this is what you're going to get for the rest of the season, most likely, and you might lose in the first round. You won't if Durant and if if, uh, Booker go crazy, but realistically, I don't think this team's that good. And I think defensively as well, this team's an abomination at times. So I've been out on Phoenix for a while. I still am. I took Portland plus the points last night. Uh, so that worked out well. But I don't trust the Suns. The Suns team also with Durant and Booker. They're one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the entire league, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. But uh-huh. yeah, the Suns I'm out on. They might I, they might lose in the first round. Like I think that it's so, that bad for Phoenix. I don't even think well, I I don't think it's that bad, but I think every I think the West is like so even right now. If you told me anybody who's one through eight right now in the West won the title, I wouldn't be surprised except by the Clippers. Everybody else, I I am a hundred. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me they won. But if it was the Clippers, I would actually be shocked. However, everybody else, I think it's completely even. So I mean, hey, gonna be a good thing to talk about. But 
let's get to the actual games that are being played today. But before we do that, I got to talk to you about Underdog Fantasy. Because Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN, you can get a first deposit match up to $100. You can use those pick'em scorchers. You can make you you can make you a, a you know, a 6x lineup. You can make yourself a 10x lineup. You can go to 25x with the pick'em scorchers. You can go to 100x. You can do all of that. Make sure you use those pick'em scorchers. Use them in the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Higher or lower are your favorite players, fantasy stats, and cash. And we're going to talk about underdog pick them plays at the end of the show. But make sure you use that promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Yeah, bro. No, I'm, I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys know I'm out on the Clippers. Like, if the Clippers made the playoffs, well, I still have a plus 200 bet on the Clippers to miss the playoffs. So I'm still kind of hoping for that. It's not looking good right now, but I'm still kind of hoping for that. But if they get in, I mean, I, I James Harden is going to blow it at some point. At some point, James Harden wins four straight series. Is it Paul George too? Who's also yeah, had? No, I mean, he's no had way. more ups recently than Harden has in the playoffs, but he also has been known to kind of shrink at times. The only one he can oh, really you're talking about Waldo. Oh, you're talking about Waldo. I can't wait to yeah. the playoffs so we can pull out that Paul George. Him wearing Waldo for Halloween was really the worst thing he could have ever done for his career. Honestly, it, worst it's thing funny though. It, it's a great. Oh, I, I am going to. Oh, I'm going to cook. <laughs> oh, I kind of want them to make it. <laughs> Just yeah. so even Kawhi though. Kawhi's great in the playoffs. We know this, but he's also been injured a lot, and he got injured last hey, man. year. There's a lot. Hey man, we're staying together. I'll say this about Kawhi. We are before because we're about to talk about the games. We really are. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's 26 games into the season. He is so damn wise. Kawhi's played 26 games. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, th- th- at the very least, I will say that about Kawhi. And I mean, I guess I got to give that props to Paul George, too, because Paul George played in 25. But not bad. Not bad. I can't remember the last time Kawhi started a season with 26 straight games like this. So shout out to him. R- rookie season? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Time. Like, for real. Yeah, so I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Kawhi playing 26 games to start the season, and it was hella back to backs in there, too. So, like, really, I'm shout out to respect the Ty Lue process, the last point, because usually they'd be, they would have been resting Kawhi and Paul George for about 10 games apiece by now. They just uh-huh. realized they get injured anyway. We're going to try something different. They play them every game. So, I'm going to give the Clippers respect for abandoning for now the load management philosophy. We'll see if they stay healthy. We'll see what happens. But at least they're trying something new in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I will. And, you know, that might be the situation. Maybe that situation is that uh, he might be gassed by the time they get to the playoffs. But shout out. I will give them that. I will give the Clippers their props. That was not in the handicap for Kawhi and Paul George no. to play this Miami's game. Miami's still doing their thing, but the Clippers abandoned the load management. Yeah, like what? <laughs> All right, man. Come on. We got 10 games. Utah Jazz on the road going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers open up as a minus five and a half point favorite. 228 and a half is total here. Uh, underdog just threw across my notifications. That's why my phone was going off. Is that Donovan Mitchell is questionable to play in this game today. Against his uh, former team? Come on, your event gives me nothing anymore. Questionable? Come on, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's really that's really brutal. But yep, I guess this former team is questionable. Looking at the full injury report, we have Omar Yurtsevin, who is out for the Utah Jazz, Keontae George, Jordan Clarkson, both of them are out for the Cavs. Like I said, Donovan Mitchell is questionable now. Not gonna see Evan Mobley, not gonna see Darius Garland. 
Sandra on Ricky Rubio, all that, you know. All right, opened up minus seven and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers is now down to minus five and a half. Uh, I mean. Does it just come down to Mitchell? Like if Mitchell plays, you'll take Cleveland, but if he doesn't play, you'll take Utah. Is it just that simple? It feels like it is because. I mean, are we trusting Karis Levert? Are we really trusting Karis Levert to carry us to a win by six here? I trust him to carry his points prop over. I don't trust him to win games. But, yeah, they don't have much talent outside of Mitchell at this point in time because they're arguably second and third best players are injured already. But you can argue that maybe, you know, I mean, I think that's their second and third best player with Garland and Mobley in any order. Yeah, yeah, no, no. missing a lot. It, so my issue is how bad Utah is defensively. And because I've seen some bad defenses make some really okay players look like <laughs> like they're Jordan. Like they're Jordan. I mean, that's really what it is. And so, dang, the Sexton revenge game is big. I do like that. Good he's been call, really good. good call out. Yeah, he has. That's why I said I like it because he's been really good. I really do like that. They really they got me. It's a lot to think about there. But I mean, for real, like you said it best. They're missing their leading scorer, their second leading scorer, and their third leading scorer in this game. Your fourth leading scorer is going to try to carry the load. I don't know who's running your offense because your first and your second leading scorers are your your starting and backup point guard. <laughs> They don't have a point guard on the roster, man. They don't have anybody. I mean, Craig Porter. Uh, we got to take you. He's been good in small doses this year, but that's a massive bump in responsibility for Craig Porter. But we got to take Utah. I, I I don't know how I can get behind Cleveland. I think I have to as well. I really wanted to take Cleveland, uh, assuming Mitchell was going Absolutely. to play, but I'm not going to gamble on that. It's a random or like mid morning injury update with a star player. That usually doesn't bode too well for the star players' chances of playing this game. So we'll see what happens, but I think I have to lean to Utah here. Six and a half is a lot for a team missing a lot of guys, and maybe he's also going to be missing its leading score. They won an overtime last game uh, against Houston, I think Mitchell at 37. That game was close, though. Six and a half is a lot for a Cleveland team that I know both of us don't really like. I'm not saying Utah is good, especially on the road. But at least they're healthier at this point in time. Uh, so I think that's good enough for me. Uh, to look at the injury report, though, for Utah one more time. Uh, Utah is going to probably have Markinen, probably have Sexton, and Kessler, too. So that's good enough for me. Jordan Clarkson's out. Uh, he'll be traded shortly. But I'll go with uh, Utah plus the points. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's really... Lori, the Lori Sexton, yeah, that's what I was about to say. The Lori Sexton revenge game is just too much. And for them, why is this five and a half? They're missing their, their top three scorers. This because Utah team is bad. bad. Yeah, but they're not that bad. Are they top three scorers? I think Utah's numbers are misleading because Lori did miss a decent amount of games. And he's back. Yeah. How much better this team is with Lori. But no, yeah. Utah's been more competitive lately. Are they a good team? No. But they're feistier than they used to be. 
Imagine, um, I seen something. It was said out there earlier. If the Thunder traded for Lori. Uh, I've seen a lot of rumors regarding that, and it makes a lot of sense because they had the draft capital to get him. Mm-hmm. I, I really like, <laughs> I really like Lori. I think, and uh, you saw those. They won. They won three. Their last four. So once again, Utah, I don't want to say it's turned a corner because team. they're not going to be competing for anything, but it, they've been better. They've been more competitive. I'm taking them. I'm taking them. This is, I mean, it's. I think the frustration is that it's so clearly taking Utah that it's like, why are we so clearly taking Utah? But like, why would we not? 227 not and a half is total. And a, six and a half, the team missing its three best players. Like, that's just not going to happen. 227 and a half is the total. I mean, I'm I'm all over Cleveland. So I, I mean, I really want to be on. I'm on under. I'm on under. Well, I don't Seriously. know. I don't know which players Cleveland has in this game. It's really as sim- It's as simple as that. I think I have to lean under too. I mean, I'll take the props for some overs, like maybe Sexton, maybe Lori, maybe Levert. But as a team, no, I don't know if I trust Cleveland to get enough looks. They need Struess to go crazy from three. They need a lot of role players to step up. So we'll see if they can do it. But the total does feel a bit high with those circumstances. So I'll lean to the under. This Plus, is you have all... Kessler and you have Jared Allen just patrolling the paint the entire game. That's going to limit mm-hmm. some of the actual success in the paint offensively for these teams. I That does make me like the under a little bit. I This is all contingent on Donovan Mitchell not playing. Yeah. If Mitchell plays, then I'm probably going to bend it. it. Not gonna lie. If Mitchell plays, I like the over. Yeah. So like literally everything is contingent on Mitchell not playing. Just play the reverse if Mitchell plays for basically everything. All right. Next ooh, before we talk about the next game on the slate. Where's my there it is. Gotta talk to you guys about game time. Make sure you go get your last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed on the game time app. Make sure. I'm I'm currently up here trying to find me tickets in Memphis to go see 12 in his first home game back because after that, after that, oh, I got to find a way to be in the building. Game Time makes the perfect holiday gift. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download the Game Time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Really, really like that app, man. Like, so, so easy to get tickets straight to your phone. Matter of seconds. Don't even have to worry about it. It's really, really one of my favorite places to go get tickets. Hall of Fame Bets is the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research everything in NFL, NBA, soccer with historical stats and data. You have the revolutionary poly optimizer tool where you can go and get an expected probability and hit rate for each leg of the parlay of your parlay and the entire parlay. Stop betting in the dark and use what over 30,000 users are using. Hall of Fame Bets. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app. Visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and day. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We are back. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road going to play the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is laying three and a half here. 226 is the total now. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jalen Clark 
injured his Achilles. He's the only thing up there for the Timberwolves. For the 76ers, we have Marcus Morris, questionable with the illness. Robert Covington, questionable with the illness. I wonder which one of them got the other person sick. And Nicholas Batum out with the hamstring. Probably addition by subtraction there. By the way, un- 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 unrelated but somewhat related, are we calling illness COVID? Or are we just calling it like the flu? What are we calling it now? Nah, I think, think it's, it's just COVID? like the flu. No, no I, I, I believe COVID. if it's COVID, they say it. But I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just like they got the flu. Or just something. wondering, but either way. Mm-hmm. All right, we have the Sea Wolves, who have the second best, best record, record in the league. West. Yeah, best record in, in the, the league, I believe best. so. I think second. they are. No, they they're might. twenty and five. They better have the best record in the league. Yeah, they're half a game better than Boston. Because Boston okay. lost. All right. So, so yeah, now best best record in the league for the. Timberwolves going up against the 76ers here. This is a good one. It is. It's probably the game of the day, assuming that everybody plays in this matchup. And I mean, like both of these two teams, you look Minnesota 11, 8, and 2, ATS this season. Uh, pretty decent on the road. I mean, it's not good, but it's not horrible. Four, five, and one ATS on the road, what I have here. So far this and, season, this is like two of the best four teams in the league battling it out. So, yeah, I, eight I, and I, three I at hope, home. I'm probably going to watch this game. Eight and three at home for the 76ers, 14 and seven. Very, very good ATS records here. All right. Okay, so Joe's going to get his. I can't wait to see Gobert try to guard Embiid. It might not go well, but it's going to be must-watch television. That's going to be a fun time. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I hope for some fireworks. Who's going to guard Edwards? Throw Batum on him. Throw Melton on him. Like what? Do, what do you do if you're if you're Philly? It's kind of the one piece. I, I, I still think I still think Maxi is a little underrated as a defender, but it's like nobody's stopping him. Nobody. Oh, we're gonna talk about that I, later, Pat. Just just I don't wait, think he's Pat, big enough to guard that. Edwards. I think Edwards is just physically stronger than Maxi. Yeah, no, no. I'm not. I'm not putting Tobias Harris on him. So I don't. I don't know who's supposed to guard Edwards in this game. Like even if this is a slow paced game or if this is a fast paced game, it feels like two twenty six is a little short. I was the argument's pace because Philly wants to run. Minnesota really doesn't. And if you think Minnesota controls the pace, then the game might find a way under. Or if the refs just let him play. So. It's it's a very interesting game, and I'm looking forward to it. But from a better perspective, it's pretty tough. At least from a side total perspective, in my opinion. I think I'm going to just take the points. I think I'm going to take the points, too. It's a great defensive team getting three and a half. And I just said a second ago, I don't think Philly's got a guy that can fully match up onto Edwards. Most teams don't. Edwards, when he's on, is a borderline top 10 player in the league. Probably Uh slightly out of that, but top 15, definitely. But I just think Philly can use another perimeter guard to help with these superstar matchups, and they don't have it. I think that might be the issue they run into in the playoffs. They don't have really any stopper whatsoever on defense. Now, it can work out because Embiid's patrolling the paint, and they throw a couple of bodies at guys, and they see what works. But they're going to need, like, an actual superstar stopper at some point, like a Lou Dort type, really just anybody that can give you elite on-ball defense. 
and they don't have it. Oh, shout out to so, the Lou Dort mention on the show. Love it, man. You know I'm a big Dort guy defensively. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. I like Dort too. I like Dort too. That's why I was uh, struggling with the OKC trade because I was like, dang, man, if you trade, Dort's got to go on the other side. But like, it's an issue with OKC because uh, they just have so many guys that can get minutes on any other team, and they're all on the same team. So like, OKC is going to have to get rid of some players that you actually like. But I think Philly needs a a solid perimeter defender, and I don't think they have it. But Minnesota has a bunch of those guys. Edwards, when he's engaged, is a good defensive player. McDaniel's mm-hmm. just crazy defensively when he's not punching walls. Guy's incredible. Gobert's mm-hmm. a great rim protector. The, there's a reason why this team is probably the best defensive team in the league. It's because they have a lot of really, really good on-ball defenders. And mm-hmm. I do think that if Embiid, let's just say Embiid goes for 30 or 35. Is that enough? I think Maxi might struggle. I think Minnesota's got a lot of different looks to throw at Maxi, and I do think that's going to cause some issues for him. Is the supporting cast for Philly good enough to get by against an elite team if Embiid only gives you 30 instead of 40? I don't know. Yeah. That's the tricky part about this Philly team. Uh and the thing that concerns me about Minnesota is when you look at what they've been doing recently, and I know they're a good defensive team, but the thing that, that they kind of lack in is that interior defense. And it's kind of tough to hear when you have Rudy Gobert, who's supposed to be this forward defensive player year, anchors the paint. This team is always going to be good defending points in the paint. They're actually fifth worst in the league in terms of points in the paint over the past five games given up to the opponent, which is really, really bad when you look at the teams that are down there with them, Indiana, Portland, Atlanta, Dallas, yeah. Minnesota, and then right above in the them, Washington. the entire season, they're eighth, but over the last, like, five games or five three games. games, yeah, they're definitely Yeah, it's been, it's been rough recently, and so that's my concern. That's my concern for them is that things come in the paint very, very easy. I think that's why I'm just going to keep it simple. Yeah, I lean Minnesota in the points because they're a good team, good defensive team. I think that they should be in it on the road. I can be swayed one way or another on the total, but Joel Embiid is going to get his. In a win or a loss, I think Joel Embiid is getting his in this game. In this game. I think I'm going to lean Minnesota. Maybe it's just a true test for them because I'm hoping that Minnesota can provide – a fun young team that can make some serious noise in the West. So maybe it's just a little bit of hope on my end that mm-hmm. we might see some new blood in the West who might actually compete for maybe an NBA final spot. It's a very good testing spot, a litmus test to see how good this team actually is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're good enough roster construction wise to pass this test. I'll lean Minnesota plus the points. It's not going to be easy. Like it's going to be a one possession game late. And I think because of that, I'll take the points. But it's going to be very close. Cap Quest, I'm saying the same thing. How is Rudy a two-time defensive player of the year? And they have a stretch of five games where they're 25th in the league. And freaking oh, no, no. See, he's, saying this, he's saying Rudy's favorite right now to win the oh, player of the year award. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I would vote for him. I didn't know that. I haven't looked at. Davis. I haven't looked at defense. Who's around him? Who's around it's him? Pretty much him and Anthony Davis. I feel like that's kind of the main two, and I don't think anybody else is really worth a damn uh, in the conversation. Bam was initially in the discussion, but he's been injured, so that's just not going to happen. But I think it's mostly a two horse race between Gobert and Anthony Davis. Really? From wow. from what I've gathered, no, I did not know, I did not know he was the though, favorite. Gobert is the defensive anchor on the best defense in the league. So the the, ex, the explanation is right there. Now, recently, they've not uh, been good against, against the paint, but 
I'm not surprised that Gobert's the favorite. I would probably put him as my favorite if I had to pick right now. Dang. I wonder if Jalen McDaniels is getting credit for his defensive efforts. Well, he team. also got injured, too. He missed about a week or two. So they had to yeah. play without him for a bit. He's a great right. defensive player, too, but he got injured. Man, I did not. <laughs> Gobert versus Javon Green for defensive player of the year. I love it. <laughs> it's it's realistically funny. between him and, and Anthony Davis. That's kind of the only two that I think. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard Anthony Davis' name, but like. I also thought that I also thought looking at the league, I haven't seen anybody that was a clear cut defensive player of the year right now. So I was like, oh, yeah. well, maybe we'll That's have why I got two time, guys ahead of everybody else. I guess, yeah, I guess there are two guys that are ahead of everybody else. I didn't even know that. His odds are minus 110. I did. Wow. Minus 110? Is it? Dang. Let me go back and like look at some more Rudy Gobert film. <laughs> Let me go watch yeah, some Rudy Gobert film. Funny. I didn't know he was. Dang. Minus 110? All right. They are 20 and 5. They're going to give that team one award, either coach of the year yeah, or. I mean, player, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I just. I, I wasn't aware. I'm sorry. I wasn't that's fair. Aware. Franchise mentioning Chet. I've seen some Wemby buzz for defensive player. I know Wemby has a bunch of blocks per game. If your team's giving up like 125 per game, I'm not going to vote for you to win defensive player of the year. Or that's just not going to happen. They lose every game anyway. I'm not p- giving defensive player to a team that might win 10 games in the entire season. But that's not going to happen. So, no. I don't think Wemby or Chet, maybe you could argue. Uh, we'll see if he stays healthy. But I think it's personally between uh, Gobert and Anthony Davis. But anyway, to get back to the game. Miami Heat. On the road, going to play the Orlando Magic. Magic are late. 220 is the total in this one. Injury report for these two teams. And I have for the... Oh, well, I thought I had something. There we go. All right. For the Miami Heat and their incredibly lengthy injury report, it is... Well, I thought that... Where's the Heat? Did I pass them? Scroll, 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 scroll. Yep, there we go. I did pass him. Jimmy Butler is out. Kevin Love is out. Drew Smith is out for the season for anybody that cares. And then you have for Orlando, Markel Fultz is out. And Joe Ingles is out. Wendell Carter. Expected to make his return tonight. I don't think Orlando's missed him for two seconds. But welcome back. You don't think they missed him? Not at all. I mean, I mean they've been playing well, but like they that's definitely missed him. That, that's my point. I think that of course you know. Oh, better okay, than okay, 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 okay. But they've been good oh, without okay. him anyway. I don't think it's a massive game changer. I'm not trying to fully roast Wendell Carter. I mean, here, he's. But I don't know. He's way better than Batazzi. Way. He's way better, but the team's been good anyway. Yeah. So it's like, does this team get better? Or do they just keep operating where they're operating? I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're yeah, saying. I just I was shocked for a second because I'm like, wait, not Dane. No, he's way better than Batazzi. I don't think, I don't think that Wendell actually, Carter is a full-time like, center option. They can option, actually but... run a pick and roll now. <laughs> like They can actually do things offensively with the center position and not just expect him to catch off the backboard and put it back up. I feel like we're going to take Orlando, right? Just at home and the fact that Boston killed them in the last two games. Yeah. They got embarrassed by Boston. I really really did want to get down on the heat as a dog here. And it feels like that this is that heat as a dog moment. But I actually really want to back Orlando. Miami Heat been good in the first half, too. So be careful with that Orlando Orlando Magic first half today. Because Miami Heat been good, too. I forgot what they're – I forgot what it is. Let me look it up. 
but it, I'm pretty sure it's something comparable. I'll tell you what, though. The Heat are actually healthier than we thought. Bam's supposed to come back today, so they, no, they will be having, Did for the most part, a full lineup. Well, I'm just saying in general. As right now, I don't see him questionable. I just see him firmly in the yeah, lineup. I thought, Butler's I out. Like he and, so. Yeah, he and, he and Hero played last game, so, he been, so this is the second game yeah. of him and Hero playing. Butler and Kevin Love are out. So even when Bam comes back, the Heat are still pulling shenanigans on the injury report. So without Butler, I'm not taking Miami. Like I'm just not going to do it. So I like Orlando in the spot. Miami 17, 8, and 2 to the first half number. Orlando is 16 and 9 to the first half number. Just throwing that in there, throwing that out there. Yeah, oh, man. I kind of want I really did want to bat the heat, but you know what? I was talking about heat and Timberwolves, and I was going back and forth, and I really, really wanted to bat the Timberwolves, and I just kind of stuck to my heat game plan that I always do. And I mean, it didn't burn me because I didn't bet it, but I was definitely like, man, I really, really want to play the Timberwolves, and I should have. So I'm just going to take uh, kind of mm, fourth quarter. The manager are just a really thing. good home team. I think it's yeah, just that man. simple. How do you fade that? How do you fade that? Yeah. They're really good at home. Minus five. It's just Orlando minus five looks kind of weird on the bet slip nowadays. Yeah. You know what? It's a different league. So Orlando minus five. Let's go. By the way, just for reference, they're 11 and two straight up at home. So you say what? They're 11 and two straight up at home. Oh, Orlando. Orlando's really, really good at home. Oh, yeah. 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 We knew that. I should have looked at their last right. couple of home games, just pulling this up. Was that one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? They've won nine straight home games. Huh. So, yeah, I'll take Orlando. I see people throwing in BAM triple double mentions at 39 to 1. What? Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, it's because Miami I mean, I don't hate it. Bowler. Like I, I get it. The offense might run entirely through Bam. Uh, probably not entirely because you're still going to get some actual uh, actions with Hero and Hawkes can still get a little bit and Lowry's going to ju- jack up a bunch of shots anyway. So I do think you're looking at a spot where you can see Bam getting a big stack game. I can see that happening. Is he going to get there? Probably not. But I've seen worse bets at 39 to 1 or 33 to 1. Like, I, I don't mind it. It's not going to win, but I don't mind the idea. Steve said hero triple double. <laughs> I hey, like man. the creativity, though. I respect the hey, creativity. Man. Yeah, hey, man. I, I don't think I've ever have heard somebody say that. So why not? I'm not getting mad at it. Let me know a price. I, hey, if anybody gives you a price on hero triple double, let me know. Let me know. <laughs> I don't even think anybody's giving a price on that. It's probably like a hundred to one. Got to be. It's gonna be less than that because they're not gonna give you true odds. Seventy-five. So would probably be like if I had to guess, fifty, maybe. I'll pull it up. It's oh. not gonna be what it should be. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but all right, well, while you do that, I'm gonna go on to the Charlotte Hornets playing the Indiana Pacers. Pacers are laying nine and a half. Two forty. Eight is the total there. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Charlotte Hornets, whenever I find them on the injury report again. There we go. 
Gordon Hayward is probable with an illness. Mark Williams is doubtful. No Lamelo. And for the Pacers, you have oh, just to no be clear, Andrew... Miles Bridges is actually allowed to travel for this game. Because <laughs> Indiana's not in Canada, so he's allowed to play in this game. Miles Turner is questionable. Jalen Smith is questionable. Andrew Nemhart is out. All right. Dang, everybody. Dang, dang. All right. The chat is all over the Pacers, apparently. <laughs> well, the argument is Charlotte's terrible. Like, I I understand the argument, yeah. but there needs to be a discussion at Indiana, but we still have a hey, lot man. to get through. Hey, man. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about him at some point because they still don't take him that seriously. But hey, man, form- it's like every time they, they win me over, they immediately make me go back and say, oh, nah, I forgot. This is Indiana. Like, this is Indiana. It's Indiana. They just can't guard anybody. I, I mean, I, I understand that they're a fun team and that they have a superstar point guard who may or may not be playing through injury at the moment. So we'll see how Halliburton looks. He has not been good the last couple of games. They gave up 150 and change to the Clippers, you're giving up whatever the hell the other team wants. You're giving up the most points in the paint by a country mile. Miles Turner, <laughs> I think, is one of the most overrated defensive players in the league, but now he might not play. So Isaiah Jackson, I like as as an overall energy guy. Should he be starting? No. He gets into foul trouble all the time. They just can't get enough stops. It's really that simple. They need to outscore every team they play against because they can't get a stop to save their lives. I'm taking the points. Ten and a half is massive. Indiana's been struggling recently. They can't guard anyone. I think Charlotte can actually score in this game with Bridges back in the lineup and Rozier being solid. Ten and a half's huge. I'll actually, I'm actually going to take Charlotte plus the points. That's a crazy, crazy line to be uh, to be laying with a team that can't play any defense. I am going to back the chat in the Pacers' first-half play because Charlotte is the worst first-half team in the league. Indiana needs it. They've been struggling recently. Since the since the Yeah, they need to pick me up. Match. They need to pick me up. And it could come in form of getting it done early and then maybe they, they fold late because they can't do anything defensively and Charlotte makes some second-half adjustments. Charlotte, in the past, has been a pretty good third-quarter team. So I wouldn't even want to play with that second half with Indiana. I like I saw the chat talk about it earlier. I like taking the Pacers early in this one. Pacers first half, minus five and a half. Uh, taking a first quarter line, I could play that as well. In terms of the full game. I'm not saying Charlotte's good. Charlotte sucks. Like I'll admit that. But laying ten and a half with one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in the entire and, league, I just can't do that. And the concern is that you let this Charlotte team start shooting and making shots, and they're gonna run the score up on you, man. And you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to put up points. I, we talked about Bridges; he shoots fifty percent. He yeah. shoots fifty percent. Give against this defense, Terry, and how Terry can go and get streaky against this defense. I mean, it's clearly we're clearly on the over, right? Yeah, I'm not taking an under with Indiana. I think Indiana missed the playoffs is worth consideration because they need to make at least one or two trades. I get that it's a fun team and Halliburton can put up the biggest numbers you've ever seen for at least the last like 10, 15 years as a point guard. You got to stop somebody on occasion, at least on occasion. They, they can't do that. It's one of the worst defensive teams I've seen in a while. And there's a couple of really bad defensive teams this year, but I just can't back a team to win by margin if they can't get any stops. 
So I'll back the bad team, the Charlotte team, to keep it close. This team's been feisty on occasion. This feels like a pretty good spot. Hey, man, it's Rick Carlisle, man. That man, Rick Carlisle, does not believe in defense, bro. No. Like, from Dallas, that man does not believe in defense. There was a comment earlier by uh, Sebastian saying that they had, like, a team meeting to go over defense uh, and to try to improve in that area. I mean, you can't get any worse in that area, but the issue is a lot of their players, their key pieces, don't guard anyone. Halliburton's (laughs) one of the worst defensive guards in the league. Does anyone care? No, because his offensive numbers are great. But he's not going to suddenly start guarding people. Buddy Heal's not going to randomly start becoming a great defensive player. Is a lot of the roster that they have is solely based on their offensive explosiveness, and they just punt the defense. That's not going to change. Miles Turner's there because he's a help defender who pads his block numbers, but can't actually stop anybody when it comes to being in the paint. Cat dropped forty against them. Giannis dropped what eighty five. Giannis had sixty four against this team. Like they can't stop anyone in the paint. Like they like they just can't stop. Cat gave them forty, man. We've criticized Cat for years. He dropped 40 on this team. It really is Mike D'Antoni. It's like a Mike D'Antoni 2.0 situation. I I can't lay 10.5. If they win the game by margin, good for them. I can't put my own money on it. They have to stop somebody first. (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right. Oh, man. I can't even follow that up with anything. Uh, Let's move on. Playoffs for Indiana? I think it's actually. Uh, uh, a that's playoffs. what I meant to say. My fault. That's what I meant to say. Indiana missed playoffs is plus one forty-five. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't see. I mean, it's. It feels like this is gonna be what happened to Charlotte when Charlotte had Lamelo in the early years with uh, what was that dude's name? Bodega, whatever. Uh, what's his name? Whatever his name. It wasn't Bodega, but whatever his name was, the coach. But they were. They they made the play in. They couldn't play any defense, and they lost. James Borrega, by the way. Borrega. See, I told you, Borrega, Borrega, same thing. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it's going to be the same thing like that. They'll make the play in, and then they'll literally like get bounced in the play. They'll give up one forty, and they'll lose. Like it's just going to happen. And they lose the tournament. They win the in-season tournament and lose the (laughs) the postseason. It's Borrego. My bad. Whatever. You get the point. Nobody cares about him. Yeah. Whatever. The Denver Nuggets on the road going to play the Toronto Raptors. Denver open up as a five-point favorite. They are now down to four. 227 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Denver Nuggets here. Whenever I get this back pulled up on my other device. There we go. So for Denver, it looks like Aaron Gordon's probable with that heel injury. No can car and nothing to report for the Raptors because Coloco is still on IR. This one looks very short, doesn't it? I feel like every single time we get a Denver versus Toronto line, we're always sitting here looking at the line and like, man, this line is short. Jokic historically has not had... I mean, he still puts up Jokic-ish numbers, but Toronto's one of his worst teams to face. Toronto's guarded him better than most of the league in the past. Yes, Got four, uh, well, three straight overs. Four of the last five went over in between these two match, these two teams. Toronto has won outright two of the last three, one of which in Denver. Three of the last five for Denver have gone their way. Just ask, does the does the head to head stuff matter if Nick Nurse is no longer there? 
I mean, if there's a coaching guess, change, can... do you still apply head-to-head stuff? I guess. I mean, is is Toronto much different if Nick Nurse is coaching coaching them right now? I feel like this is about where it's maybe they're five hundred, like on the dot, maybe. I think that I think that uh, the new coach is fine. I think Nurse is proving yeah, okay. with Philly that he's a top five, top three coach in the league easily. We already knew that, but for confirmation. Yeah, and he's got and he's got a really good like staff behind him. You know James Wade from uh, Chicago Sky. He's on his staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he's got a hey, really jump good mid season. <laughs> I respect. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah, hey, man, get that bag, bro. Get the bag. He was also GM. <laughs> he's at the left. Yeah, I know. Jobs. I know. He just he just coach. just dropped. How much is that bag that you dropped a coaching and GM job to go be an assistant coach? Like yeah, the level crazy. of money, the level of money difference between the NBA and WNBA is actually comical. Uh, man, shut up, frat brother. Too shout out to James Wade. It is Denver on the road, though, and we did say earlier this year that we don't like Denver on the road at all. I think three I am and winning 10 Toronto. ATS. Yeah, I'm taking Toronto, man. I didn't realize I'm still three and ten ATS. <laughs> it's three like and if I told ATS. you right now, Denver at relatively full strength against Toronto at relatively full strength in Toronto, and I asked you what the line's going to be. You know what the records are for these teams? What would you say? Six and a half? Seven? Yeah. Four and a half. It's kind of daring you to take Denver. I think it opened at five, actually. And money came it in on Toronto. I'm going to lean Toronto. It just feels like a good reverse splits bet. Everyone's yeah. going to bet Denver. The line's going to drop. And Toronto, next thing you know, is at a one-point game with a minute to go. I think Toronto and Denver have a war. Toronto might win, but I like this actual spot for Toronto. And once again, historically, they've been good against Jokic. Or as good as you possibly can be. So I'll go with uh, the Raptors plus the four and a half. Yeah, this isn't uh, Denver as of last year. It really isn't, no. you know, eight, 14 and one against the spread this season. Like I said, three and 10 on the road, seven, 12 and one as a favorite. Like they just haven't been winning by margin, but they've been finding a way to win games and, and keep themselves in it. I'm with you. If, if Jokic is slow down in this game, am I a hundred percent depending on everybody else to just get this Toronto team up out of here? I don't really know. And Murray hasn't even been so. that good lately. Yeah. I'm with you. Let's go Toronto. It just feels like you like. I feel like we've done this plenty of times. Toronto's actually covered the last three straight. I forgot to mention Toronto's that, a feisty but, team that's not going to win many games, or at least they're not going to win as many as I thought they were going to win. There's still talent that's undeniable on the roster. They should have mm-hmm. traded them three years ago, but they still have talent on the team. I think they can hang in there at home in Canada. Definitely, I like Jokic under PRA. It's at forty-eight and a half. He's gone under in three straight. He's gone under in twelve of sixteen career games against Toronto. 48.5 PRA is a massive one for Jokic. Under in, under in 12 of 16 against this team. It's a massive Scott, number. Scott on a rare Jokic under. I like it. Yeah. All right, I Scott. Very it's our time to shine here. The New York Knicks are traveling to Brooklyn to play the Brooklyn Nets. I wish I had Scott. Uh, Kobe's lock bottle uh, sound drop. That would have been a good one. Either that All or right. the broken glass for Steve Austin. One of the two. What would have worked. All right. Minus one opened up for the Knicks. It's currently still at minus one. 232 is where it opened up. It's up to 233. 
injury report for these two teams and for the New York Knicks, it looks like. Jericho Sims is questionable. Jesus Christ, with an ankle injury. You know Mitch Robinson's missing a lot of time. And for the Brooklyn Nets, you have Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be out for a little bit. You still got Ben Simmons and Lonnie Walker that's out as well. Everybody else is pretty much good to go for Brooklyn. I really like this Brooklyn lineup that they've been rolling up. Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, Bridges, and Claxton. I really do like that lineup. All right. Hartenstein and uh, Randall rebounds are about to go crazy tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Those rebounds are about to go crazy. I mean, Randall double double is just book it like double. Well, I do want to ask for your check in with the Knicks because I feel like they've been the same team under Thibodeau for the last like three, four years where they give you moments, some highs and some lows. They kind of meet in the middle, and usually they're above average, but they probably are not a serious threat to do anything significant in the grand scheme Mm -hmm. of things. Do you feel the same way about this team? Because right now they're on the upward swing. You said, I remember about a week ago, they usually are very good in the West Coast trip. And besides the Utah yeah. game, they were very good in the West Coast yeah. trip. They beat the Lakers to close it out. They were good. What's your thoughts on the Knicks right now? Just as a check Defensively, they're still pretty bad. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson has elevated this team to a level defensively that I don't think I've even realized to the point where when I said sell everybody on the team, maybe not sell Mitchell Robinson. Just maybe because you have to keep him based on the difference on off. Like he's yeah, crazy. like so maybe we don't sell him, but sell everybody else. But other than that, no, I think this team is competitive, and I think that now I think in terms of this game, it's getting to the point where everybody is probably. I wonder where the splits are on this because I, I think, it's think everybody's Knicks, on the Knicks. I think yes. But this just feels like a Brooklyn Nets spot. This feels like a Brooklyn Nets spot. I mean, especially with the Knicks and the inability to be able to, to defend. If you let Cam Thomas go crazy, if you let you know Cam Johnson get going from the outside, just talking about inside the paint and Mikael Bridges able to how he's able to drive inside the paint. Like you let this Nets team start scoring, I don't really know how they're going to win. Like, are they going to try to keep up with this team scoring? I think that the options, at least the scoring options, are a little bit better on the Nets side than the Knicks side. But the Knicks just have been putting together a really, really good string of games. <sighs> That Utah game was really the only, like, I mean, I guess kind of that Clippers. That was the wake-up call they needed for the West Coast. Well, that and the Clippers game. That was the that, Those are the wake-up calls they yeah. needed. They were very good besides that. I'm going Brooklyn, man. And the case is just the fact that the Knicks can't guard anybody? Yeah, I think that, I think the Knicks defensively, they... I, I really, I really question this Knicks team defensively, and I get that you know they had a good showing against the Lakers, but I think I, I'd like to see them do it again because it's just too many times. One forty-four to the Clippers, one twenty-two in the against the Suns, even though you got the win. That one thirty against the Raptors, even though you got the win. Like how many times are you going to give up big points total, big points total, big points totals, and expect to keep winning the game? I mean, it's clearly the over for me, but. I've seen Cam Thomas cook this Knicks team when nobody thought he would. So I I think he could do it again. I'm going to take the Nets. So I'm going to disagree. I'm actually going to lean to the Knicks. Now, Brooklyn's been good at home. Unlike the Knicks. Yeah, it feels that way. We kind of flipped it. But (laughs) the Nets are a mediocre basketball team. 
And unlike the Knicks, they are usually pretty bad in their West Coast trips. They played like it because they lost four of their five on the West Coast trip. They got buried by Utah, lost to Golden Stages, once again missing half their players. Denver killed them on a back-to-back. That happens. The only one was against Phoenix. So shout out to the uh, Nets in that one. But still, Uh this team, I just think, is going to be an outside, barely a play-in team. And I think the Knicks just are more talented. Now, the issue that the Knicks ran into against the Nets was that the Nets owned this team for about two, three years. They won nine straight. But the Knicks broke the seal. They won the last two games last year. And in fact, they actually won by a wide margin. They won each of the two meetings last year by 18-plus points. Brunson killed this team every time they faced off against each other. I think Brunson might go crazy again offensively in this game. He might drop 35 or 40 again. We'll see what happens. But I think the Knicks just have more options. I just think that the Nets are a team that was kind of overachieving earlier this season. They're kind of falling back down to earth. Yes, I know once again, in the West Coast, they're usually not great, and they play better at home. But what's the fan breakdown in this game? 60% Knicks? There's going to be more Knicks fans than Nets fans in the building, right? Do we agree on that? Mm, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, probably so. There probably are more so. Knicks fans in New York than Nets fans in general. So because I think I, I think that, that legit New Yorkers, I think legit New Yorkers have sold themselves on the Knicks uh, doing something better than what they did last year. And it's pretty easy to get there. You can either take the subway, take the Long Island Railroad. Maybe I'll go to the game. But the point is, it's pretty easy Ooh. to get to. So. I actually think the Knicks are in a good spot. The fact that I saw last year this Knicks team bury the Nets in the two meetings, pretty much after the KD trade, I think the Knicks have finally kind of exercised this head-to-head rivalry demon, and I think they're going to win the game. Mm. So I'm actually going to go with the, the uh, Knicks in the spot. <laughs> no idea who's a fan of who on this show. All right. So you always were asking about Brooklyn. the travel spot for the Knicks, a reminder that the Nets had basically the same travel because they also were, they played in Utah. So both teams are on the West Coast. There's really not much of a of an advantage there when both teams were on the other side of the country at the same time. Yep, 100%. They came from L.A. One team came from L.A., the other one came from Utah on the exact same day. Yeah. All right. Brooklyn I'm assuming you like Brunson won. props on this game too, though, because he just owns the Nets, and the Nets have never been able yeah. to guard him. Yeah, I like Brunson. I like... I mean, we I mentioned the rebounds already. Randall and yeah, Hardenstein. The Nets can't rebound against opposing centers. So I think Hardenstein's in line for a good game. I think Cam Thomas is going to be in for a good one, too. Me, too. I think Cam Thomas does, too. But I think that the defense won't be there for both teams. I like the over in this game. I think the total's too low. Yeah, all over order. 233. That's a lot. That's, that might be a mention in the show. It might. All right. Lakers. On the road, going to play the Chicago, I almost said Bears, Bulls, minus seven is where it opened. It's now currently minus four. 223 and a half is where it opened. It's now currently 225. Injury report for, yes, we both picked each other's team. It's hilarious. Yep, it happens. <laughs> and for the Lakers injury report, LeBron James, questionable. Anthony Davis, questionable. I mean. But one of them is not going to play, right? Because the line dropped two and a half points. So one of them is not going to play. It's just which one is it? Jaron Vanderbilt's probable. Gay Vincent is probable. I think that's an upgrade for him, actually. Well, Edie has connections in Chicago, right? So wouldn't LeBron be more likely to sit? Oh Yeah, Edie's from Chicago, I believe. So I'm saying I I, I doubt he misses the homecoming. 
He's been here. He enough, might. But he's been he's been back enough. Yeah. Alex Caruso is probable. Patrick Williams is probable. Two guys I've never seen their name before ever out. Caruso <laughs> revenge game. Watch out. And no Levine, no Tori and Craig. Tori Craig is gonna be out for a minute. I'm pretty sure I saw that go across my desk yesterday. He's going to be out. You know, who could really use Tory Craig right now. The Phoenix Suns. They could really <laughs> use Tory Craig right now. But yeah. <laughs> All right. The line movement's very fascinating. Very fascinating for this game. Two and a half points against the Lakers is massive. Like somebody's not going to play. But. <sighs> I'm not saying the Bulls are good. This team's fun without Levine. They're fun. They've been competing. They've been they've been competing and winning they beat games. Philly. They're getting double yeah. digits in that game. They beat Philly. I'll say I'll say it. I give this I thought this team was dead in the water and they were they were about to go on a fire sale and just give up on the season, but it doesn't look like they're giving up. That's what they should do, but now they have too much pride. That's what they should do. They should trade. Half so is that? Anyway. So is that how we right. fade the Bulls now by taking them because they're winning? <laughs> yeah, so pretty much mess up their team by continuing to win. Front office is going to look at the roster going. No, you're supposed to lose, and they're going to blow up the team for being too good. But Levine's a dead man walking with this team. Like they're going to trade him at some point if there's any market at all. You're looking at DeRozan, who has still been solid, but Kobe White's been the story for this team. White's been really, really good, and. The Lakers on the road have been not the best for the last couple of years. So this four and a half too low. It's really close. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I want to. Oh, man. I will. I can't. I can't get ahead of this bull. I'm sorry. I can't get in front of this bulls train right now, man. I can't. Give me the Bulls plus four. Is it kind of like the uh, Toronto-Denver game where you look at the spread and go, this line should be like three yeah. points over? It's like the yeah. same spot. Like, But it's, and it's also like, man, if Chicago loses, I'm going to be like, it's Chicago, but like they've been playing. Like, is that fool? How much fool's gold is the last five games for Chicago? Because the last five games, they have, they're really only two and three, which is crazy to think about. But... They took a Milwaukee team literally to the brink of death. They took a Denver team almost to the brink of death. However, there was no Jokic for, uh, what was that? How long was Jokic out? He only played like 14 minutes in that game. Yeah. So that's kind of actually a bad game. And then you win as 10 point, you win 10 point dogs outright in Philly. Uh, not a good time. It's not going to run them on. Give me the Lakers. Uh, I think that Denver game, that Denver game, like losing to Denver, no Jokic on the road like that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm actually going to win to Chicago. The line movement tells me somebody's sitting. I'm just going to trust my instincts when it comes to reading NBA lines in the early morning or early afternoon. It's the spot where somebody's sitting. So I'll lean to Chicago. They've been feisty. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to just trust my Lakers flow chart, and I'm going to have you help me with that. Is Chicago a bad team? They're not a good team, but they are. they a are, bad team? It, it, it's, they're really it's like so Toronto. They're not a good team, but they can sneak up on you if you're not careful. Mm. I, re I really group them with Toronto. I feel like it's a pretty good comp. 
Toronto's got more talent on paper, but they can sneak up on you, but most of the time they're not really a threat. So they're not a good team? No, I don't think so. Well, the Lakers lose games to good teams. They also lose road games to bad teams. So, Oh, good point. That's why it's tricky. All right, I guess I don't know. I guess I'll really wait to see which one of LeBron or AD sits. I will. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm not betting this side. I'm not going to bet either, This line looks very sketchy. 224. I'm going to lean under. Once again, this total's plummeted too. Somebody's sitting. I'm going to trust my instincts on this. I'll lean to the under. Yeah. I think Vucevic has a good game. I feel like he has good games against Lakers. I think he does I think if AD's not that. playing. If AD's playing, I don't, I don't like Vucevic's matchup at all. So we'll see what happens. But... If LeBron is sitting, by the way, I don't mind Reeves' props. Because I think Reeves handles a lot of the ball handling responsibility uh, when LeBron's out. Either him or potentially D'Lo, but you know my thoughts on D'Lo. I'm pretty anti-D'Lo. Mm-hmm. So, Let's see. Uh, last game he had against AD, he was 29-12. and 12 in, Damn, 29-12-6? and six? That's <laughs> shit. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> that's, I'm not gonna lie. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. And then I would say some he has like some good games against AD, but these are like Orlando versus Pelicans teams. And I don't really want to talk about that. But let's just game blog versus Lakers. Because I feel like I was talking about this last year and I backed him and he cashed me something nice. Let's see. Yeah, that 15 minute. Oh, yeah, that was the game he got pulled. He got uh, ejected 15 minutes in the game. I remember that one. Uh, let's see. So 29-12, got that 15-minute game in there. 19 13-19-4, 31-15, 36-13, 24-28-12. Okay, it's pretty all right. I might, I'm might. i not going to officially give it out, but I might get down on Vucevic a little later. Let's see here. Anything uh, you got prior part-wise that just sticks out for this one? I mentioned, once again, if LeBron's out, I don't mind pivoting to either a D'Lo or a uh, potential Reeves prop, but it's tough. I mean, Kobe White PRA feels like an autoplay because he's been an absolute mm-hmm. monster. Maybe DeRozan has a nice audition for a team he might be playing for in a couple of months. So maybe DeRozan mm-hmm. shows up and has a good game. We'll see what happens there. But I think Caruso plays well. I think Caruso's in one for a pretty good game. He also might be auditioning for a team he might be playing for later in the year. So we'll see what happens. But... For props, I don't have much because I don't know who's playing for the Lakers. The Hawks are on the road in Houston playing Houston Rockets. Houston opened up minus two and a half, currently sitting at minus three and a half. 234 is the total there for these two teams. We have, oh, well, Paul, Paul George wasn't at shoot around, apparently. He has an illness. Wait, Paul George. No, no, I was just, I was, that wasn't the injury report. I just, that came across my phone at the same time. Yeah, he has an illness. So he's like 50 50 to play. Missing Donovan is probably not playing, but. But Donovich is questionable. AJ Griffin is out. Jalen Johnson is out. Eamon Thompson for the Rockets is questionable with an illness. Feels like Eamon Thompson's been sick 
for a while. Deshaun Tate is questionable with the illness as well. Victor Oladipo still has not put on a Houston Rockets jersey. Fake player. <laughs> he's going to be traded as a salary cap move like later <laughs> uh, by the trade deadline, but he's not going to play. What, what is the stamp? 11, 1-11-52. Because I know for a fact that's happening and we got to go pull that card, that clip. Of you saying that in December because it's that that's a hundred percent gonna happen. Yeah. All right, Houston, amazing home team. Atlanta, historically bad road team. Is there any question here? No, I'm taking Houston. I will yeah. give Atlanta props. They've won two or three. They did win a road game. They beat Toronto in the immediate rematch after losing and the first call, one. Yep. But which you called? Oh, uh, they lost to Cleveland. We, we... Congrats. You beat a team that lost 23 straight games by six points. You gave up 43 <laughs> to Kate Cunningham. Congratulations. I'm going to lean to Houston. I don't think the Rockets are any good. Trey's been very good recently, stats-wise. Him and DeJounte still don't work together. This is just a waste of time. They have to trade one of them. But I don't like this roster. I just think defensively they're a mess. They have some injuries to some solid role players, and it feels like they're kicking tires, waiting to try to turn it around, but they're not going to. Houston's really good at home. They have a defensive identity. They're a prideful team. I don't think Atlanta's that prideful. So I'll go with Houston because I think they're going to bring an intensity that Atlanta doesn't have in the defensive end. Yeah, bro. <laughs> 84% of the bets on Houston. For good reason, I'm not taking this Atlanta team. And it was so like we were sitting, and I was sitting here, and I'm like, how? How do you lay eleven with Atlanta? How do you lay eleven with this Atlanta team? And they didn't do. They didn't I would have just taken that. the over because they don't guard anyone anyway, and that got there easily. But once yeah. again, the Pistons are one of the worst teams of all time. That was a close game. They almost won. Yeah, they almost won the game. Like that's not a that's not a great win. The game. A win's a win, like, but damn, man, you did not look good in that game. Whatever. They are so they, this Atlanta team sucks. Yeah, all over Houston. That's that I'm betting Houston today. I'm betting Houston today. All right. We have the Los Angeles Clippers on the road going to play the Dallas Mavericks. Clippers open up minus three and a half. I assume the Paul George news is reasons why they are down to minus one and a half. 235 and a half is total. I assume that the total going down is also has something to do with the Paul George news. Paul George questionable with an illness, did not participate in the shoot around. Bones Highland is questionable with the knee. I don't think that matters because has he even been in the rotation? And for the Dallas Mavericks, Derek Lively is out with that ankle injury. And you know, no Kyrie with the heel injury, no Josh Green with the elbow injury, and also no Maxi Cleaver. So a pretty depleted Dallas Mavericks team going up against what looks like might be a compromised Clippers team that is on a roll, and they have won seven straight? Eight straight. Eight straight. I'm sorry. Eight straight games. I'm on the Clippers, but I'll let you make your case for Dallas if you want to. Luka Magic. That's all I got to say. Luka is literally Luka versus his children. So... I want to address that because that's going to be the main point. And yes, we did cash a pretty solid ladder on Luka threes against the Clippers earlier this season. There's a reputation that Luka has of owning the Clippers because his stats are really good. 
His overall numbers, his personal numbers are really good. His record against the Clippers really isn't that great. And nobody talks about it because his numbers, once again, with points and rebounds and assists are crazy. But you know what his career record is in the regular season against the Clippers? What? He's 7-10. and 10. Okay. And he's lost both playoff series against the Clippers. I understand that the Clippers had a lot more talent on those teams than what Luka had. But the Clippers tend to win these games. They tend to. Luka will put up 40, but he doesn't always win. And I feel like even though uh, Paul George is probably not going to play, Kawhi and James Harden have been so damn good over the last 10 games. The Clippers have scored north of 143 points in each of their last two games, which is absolutely insane. I want to read off the actual numbers for Harden and Kawhi over the last 10 games. Last 10 games, Kawhi, 29.3 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, 59.8% 59.8% from the floor, 55.8% from three. Harden's last 10 games, 20.5 points per game, 9.5 assists per game, 51.7% from the floor, 50.8% from three. I'll mention Luca's numbers anyway because it's fun. Last nine games, 37.1 points per game, 11.3 assists per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, from the floor, 37% from three. It's an insane stretch by Luka, but I guess the reason why I'm going to take the Clippers, one, they tend to let Luka do his thing, they'll stop everybody else, and they'll find a way to win. I think the Clippers are more equipped to handle the lack of Paul George than the Mavericks are to handle the absence of about four key players on this team. (laughs) I don't think that Dallas is supporting Cass is any good, and you're looking at Luka's last game, he had 38, 11, and 8, and they still lost by 26 to Denver. There's only one way Dallas wins this game. Luka needs basically 45, 12, and 10. And that's really the only way they win because the supporting cast isn't very good. I'm going to take the Clippers. Harden apparently is back for now. Kwai's back in Toronto, apparently. He's been incredible. I'll take the Clippers. They've done well against this team historically. I think that it's a good price against a team that is going to be really bad defensively. The Mavericks can't guard anybody, especially in the paint. I'll go with the Clippers to get the job done at around minus one and a half. All of that sounds amazing. It I does. know, but Luca's a Luca. Yeah, I know. I know. No, no, not even that's not even it. That's see, look, you're trying to try to fill, finish my words for me and you're getting them wrong. It, two point live move for Paul George, Paul George isn't worth a two point line move on a team where you still have Kawhi, you still have James Harden, you still have Rush. Like you have, and they've won eight. He's not a two point line move at that point. I, th- I think on reputation, he is. I don't think he actually is. I think it's an over. No, no, like you can't, you can't, no, no. Two points, like two whole points, two whole points. I think Paul George is worth two, two points, points in, most, on, in most given nights. I just think that the Clippers are good enough to handle it without him. At least based on current form. If Harden and Kawhi play like this, it's tough for anybody to beat them. They look like they're back in their primes. Like, this is a crazy turning of the clock moment here. But I just think Luka, once again, needs to have a monster God-tier game for this team to even have a shot at winning. It's a lot to ask of one guy. Luka can do it, but I think the Clippers are a little bit undervalued in this spot. In my opinion, because the Clippers, because the Clippers get whatever they want from Kawhi against Dallas anyway. Dallas has not guarded Kawhi for like ten years. I'm going to lean Clippers in the spot. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't agree with that sentiment. I just don't think on this roster core. Like, I think on any other team in the league, two points. Okay, Paul George. But <laughs> it's like you took the... You took the Ferrari out of the garage and he's still, all right, I'm still deciding between the Phantom, still deciding between the Lambo, still deciding between all this other stuff. I don't know, man. I feel like that line movement is telling me I need to be on Dallas this game. Uh, if you need a sign, by the way, the total went up after Paul George has ruled out. So uh, the over might be the play in this game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going on under. I think that at the very least, Dallas is going to get some good contribution from uh, you know, like the THJs of the world, like stuff like that. But that is Exum. concerning. Yeah, Exum been really solid too. Like, I just yeah. don't need to see a front court of Dwight Powell and a couple of other random options there. Like Zubox should have whatever he wants on the inside. It's a keyword. What did if. you? What did you say Luca needed for them to win this game? Forty-five. Realistically, like 40, 12, and ten. Forty-two. It's so and 10. funny because that's not outside. the no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Luca, I know Luca is insane. It's not like, outside the realm of possibility. My like point anybody is, though, else, one I'm guy like, you're right. That. I'm not going to pick you to win. You're, you're asking for a superhuman effort, which he's capable of, but it's a lot. It's really a lot. And Dallas, even if Luca does give you that, they still can't guard anybody. I mean, Jokic had yeah. like nine points last game, and they gave up 130, basically. Yeah, so no, I, I just can't, I just can't trust Dallas right now. They're missing too many guys. It's not enough opinion. for me to actually bet Dallas on this slate. I will admit, it's not enough for me to actually bet Dallas on this slate. But I think that the, I don't know, I, I question some things, and it's enough for me not to bet the Clippers. Okay. So this isn't like my normal, this is clearly not my Celtics fade of a team. But like, the Clippers, I can admit, have been playing really, really well. Like, really, really, really well. All right. I think I'm just in a mode where until the Clippers lose, I'll back the winning streak. They've done well for me recently. I'll keep it riding. Yeah. All right. Last game on the slate, and it's a doozy. We have the Boston Celtics on the road going to play the Sacramento Kings. Boston is on the second leg of a back-to-back after losing to the Warriors last night. Sacramento Kings laying two-and-a-half year line. Open up Boston minus two-and-a-half. It's now Sacramento minus two-and-a-half. 237-and-a-half is the total injury report for these two teams and i see here for the boston celtics we have scroll 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 uh, al horford it, we'll see if he plays today looks like that he's really the only person that might not play on the back-to-back due to injury management and for the sacramento kings i have nothing to report here except alex lennar ir today is december 20th so in addition birthday. to it being my dog's birthday Wow, 110 people. Shout out to A, hey, Scott. 110 is by far new record for us. And to everybody. Shout out to the chat, man. Appreciate everybody. Like, for real. Like, even people that like us, don't like us, all that. Really, really appreciate y'all. This is a great show. But it is December 20th. In addition to it being my dog's birthday, happy birthday to my dog. I have a lot of Sagittariuses around me. It is also De'Aaron Fox's birthday today. I'm, I'm, we're expecting Fox to have a monster game. I mean, I think that's I mean, a bonus. How far, how far up? Like, what's what is outrageous for Fox to do? Like, what at what point does it become outrageous? Like, what? I mean, Boston is still a really good say? defensive team, so okay. I do think Fox. I'd put the ceiling at like forty. I'm not gonna say forty-five. <laughs> I'll put I'll put it at forty. But okay, 45. I'm not saying he's gonna get there. 
That's the ceiling, in my opinion. I think Fox probably finishes with 34 in this game, 35 maybe. Okay. I think it's a bad matchup I mean, for uh, – I think it's a really bad matchup for Sabonis. I think especially if Porzingis does play, doesn't it feel like Sabonis is just really not – I feel like Boston's built to exploit Sabonis, aren't they? Sabonis gives you no rim protection. And Boston yep. has a lot of different looks with either, either Horford or Porzingis when healthy. They can really make life difficult for Sabonis, and I think that's going to result in Fox having a big game where Sabonis maybe takes a step back. Maybe. So I think Sabonis might be in line for a relatively bad game, but I do think Fox is a big game. Do we agree on that or no? Whew. Am I dismissing Sabonis too yeah. easily? No, no. It feels like a bad matchup. I'm sorry. I had to sneeze, and I'm like trying to compose myself. <laughs> All right. Do you agree, agree with that with though? I think so, bad yeah, I agree. I, it is a bad matchup for Simonis. They don't, and it's a bad matchup for this Kings team. They don't have, they really don't have any rim protection at all. And so I can just see the easy Jalen Brown to round, the easy Jason Tatum to the rim. I didn't see Porzingis's name on the injury report, so I'm assuming because he didn't play the first half of the back to back yesterday, he's going to play. And I, I would have played him yesterday. I think that's a. I, if that was a coaching decision, I think that was a bad coaching decision. Why would you not play Porzingis yesterday against the Warriors, where he probably is the difference maker and you probably winning the game? And now you're playing tonight, but I mean, I, I mean, he's probably be a difference maker and then winning the game today because there's nothing for him. No, who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop him? With that being said, it's De'Aaron Fox's birthday. I'm taking this Kings, man. Give me the Kings and De'Aaron Fox to have 40. Do you think Boston's going to be extremely annoyed and discouraged that they lost to the Warriors, or do you think it's a spot where they're just pissed? Could go either way. We've seen Boston in the spot before. Yeah, it's tough. And then especially like you're staying out there, you're not going home immediately after. Like you, that could This could really just transpire into a terrible road trip for them. Uh, I mean, I hope it's not the latter, but I could actually see them like getting really pissed off and coming out here and trying to cook this Kings team. I could see it. Still taking the Kings, but do you think the public's on Boston or on or in Sacramento for this game? Because the scheduling spot tells me it might be Sacramento, so I'm actually wondering if it's a decent buy low spot on Boston. I feel like I will say I feel like whenever I fade Boston as a dog, they do make me regret it. Uh, I see on DraftKings it is thirty eight percent of bets on the Kings, sixty one percent of the money. So just the inverse: sixty two percent of bets on Boston, thirty nine percent of the money. So it looks like sharps are a little bit more to the King side here. I'll lean Sacramento uh, because they're at home. They haven't been as good at home as I wanted them to be this season, but they're still solid at it. I'm going to lean to the Kings, but I'm just going to say that I'm not slamming Sacramento. I think Boston's alive to win the game, obviously. It is a bad scheduling spot. They went to overtime. I think that's probably the main reason why I like Sacramento. They played a lot of basketball yesterday. Went to overtime. was an emotional game. You lost again to basically the team that owns you in Golden State. I do think that you're looking at a spot for the Kings to win. But I think it's going to be close. I don't think that the Kings come out and smack this team. But I do think that you're going to end up seeing the Celtics probably fall short because of tired legs. So I'm, I'm going to lean to uh, the Kings in this spot. Scotty, like the beam. Like the freaking beam. 
I will right. not have this in the lock and dog section, just for the record. But I think the game's going to be competitive. 237 and a half. Can I take an under with the Kings? <laughs> like, I don't know if I can take an under with the Kings, man. I think I, I, think I, I don't am. Know how you... Do I want to lean under? What? Boston on a back-to-back, tired legs. They don't play at that fast of a pace. I mean, they don't need many legs to get uh, to get inside the paint on this. Kings I mean, I saw game. the Kings give up one thirty and change to the Wizards, uh, but the, that's a fast-paced game. The game like blamed at two seventy and change. Let me just quickly pull up the head-to-head between these two teams. I just want some reference on how fast these teams usually play against each other. But Kings are you on the over or the under? I'm assuming in... you're on the over. Yeah, Kings twenty-first and opponents points in the paint. Uh, By the way, Boston has won four straight. Oh, uh, they played. Uh, two times last year. First meeting in Boston landed one uh, landed two twenty six. Second meeting in Sacramento landed two forty one. I'll link to the over. All right, I'm gonna. I like over two. All right, uh, De'Aaron. I see forty at plus four fifty. But what do you think is more I of think a Fox birthday game? Forty or a double double? I, th- I was thinking double-double, and so literally I was thinking 35 and 10. Like, what I had in my mind was 35 and 10. What's the double price double. for Fox? Uh, hold on. I'm trying to put this together. Let's see. I'm just thinking of value, potentially. Ethan's mentioning so, that Fox has never had 30 against the Celtics. It was never his birthday against the Celtics. No. Hey, man, it was never his birthday. Hey, see what happens. Fox double-double I see at plus 425. So, if so which do you prefer? For, it's about a 50-cent difference. Is do you there, prefer the 40 or do you prefer witch? the double-double? Hold on. Is there a witch? Can I do both? Or something close to both? Let's see here. So if we do dear This trappings is weird with their... Thing. They don't give me like a 35. I don't know. Whatever. Fine. Uh, I can go for Fox over 28 and a half and 10 plus assists at plus 750. Okay. Once again, I'm probably not going to back anything in this game because I think that the Celtics are a bad matchup for this Kings team, but it's a good spot for the Kings. So I gave my leans on it. I'm not going to bet anything for it. I like that. I like that. Darren Fox, twenty nine and ten, seven fifty. That's 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 a very that feel like the end. Somebody just said that he hasn't had thirty. I'm I'm not saying he's getting thirty there. There it goes. Let's see. Uh, I just need a win. A win. What would a win do? Do a win makes it eleven one. So okay. you have options. Like you have options for De- and Darren Fox. Oh, Darren Fox gives me a good birthday game because I feel like it's been a while since I had a really good one. We've had some that's been okay. Had. We've had some that been okay. What was the last one? Like, Randall. Randall's birthday was the last good one you had. Maybe. maybe? I'm like, I mean, I want one where you max out. You want to max out the ladder. You probably get some form of a double double depending on the superstar triple double, and you get a win. Like I need a birthday game that. Mm, that that would that would really jump my that would jump me back up for the NBA season. That would be great. So come on, De'Aaron Fox, let's go. I'm rooting for you. All right. Other than that, that's sleep. I think I need to change in Mojo Scott. I feel like I have been up and down. Like I'll have a good day, then a bad day. Good day, then a bad day. Good day, and a bad day. I want to go on a run. 
And I'm not I'm not going on a run night right now. So let's 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 switch up the mojo. I'm gonna let you go first. All right. Uh, so for the lock, I think I'm just gonna play this one. I'm trying to think if I want to go relatively safe or not, but I'm not gonna do two picks in the same game because it's late that big. Give me the Rockets minus three and a half at home against the Hawks. I'm not gonna overthink oh. this one. I don't think the Hawks are that good. Congrats, you barely beat one of the worst teams of all time. I'm proud of you. It, it, they just don't guard anyone. Like Atlanta's uh, an absolute traffic cone defensively. I've called Atlanta a poor man's Indiana team, and I think that that comparison gets even better with every passing day. Uh, but you're looking at the the Rockets. They're very good at home, so that's well documented. They guard. They care about defense, and I do think that their offense is still solid enough to exploit a bad defense. Give me the Rockets minus the three and a half in this game. For my dog, I know what play I want. I just got to find what the best price is. But I definitely want something Brunson-related uh, against the Nets because he's been so good against the Nets. Uh, to look at Brunson's points in this game, uh, I'm just trying to find what 30 is for Brunson. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just see what I could find here. Uh, Brunson to score 30 is plus 185. I'll take that. Uh, he's been very good against the Nets. The Nets defensively recently have not been great. Uh, Golden State killed them, uh, and you ended up seeing Utah kill them. But Brunson missed the last game by one point. He had 29 against the Lakers, a good defensive team. We saw him drop 50 against Phoenix the other night. But against the Nets, he has scored at least 39 points in each of the last <laughs> two meetings. 39 and 40. I'll take 30 plus a plus 185. That's a great deal. I'll take Brunson and have a big game. All right. I like that. Let's see here for my lock. I'm assuming you coast on that as a Knicks fan, by the way, because he has been very good against the Nets. No, he's been he's been he's been very good against Nets. He's been very good recently. One plus one equals two. You don't ask too many questions past that. I'm with you on Brunson. Brunson's default points line, by the way, uh, is pretty short. Uh, Let me just see what it's at. His default points lines at 25 and a half. And 25 and a half, juice 24 and a half. That's way too low for Brunson. And again, that we like the overall. We'll talk about Brunson in a little bit. Okay. I did like Houston. I did. Let's go with. I'll give the dog first. I'll pull the trigger on Utah, man. If Donovan yeah. doesn't go, they really they're 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 you're they giving, basically saying it's it. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing else. Like it's really nothing else if he doesn't go. Like I, I I don't know. If I lose this and Donovan Mitchell doesn't go, then you know it is what it is. I'm fine. I'll take Utah. Utah plus what is that? 165. Very, very, very good sized dog there. For my lock, I'm going to the over in that same game you were talking about, that New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets game, because Brunson. I think he's going to have a good day. I think Cam Thomas is going to have a good day. I think Bridges will have a good day. I think Randall will have a solid day. Like I think everybody will ha- be able to score. This next team has proven over the past few games that Mitchell Robinson is literally the anchor of the defense and they can't do anything without him. And they're basically hoping on the other team to fold. For like they're never really playing good defense anymore. It's just the other team can't hit a shot. I think this Brooklyn Nets team is going to be come into this game motivated. <laughs> Understanding that this Knicks team has kicked their ass past couple of times, they're going to be scoring. I think the Knicks are going to continue their scoring workload. 233, I'm taking the over in this New York matchup here. I think it's that a very good same game parlay game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You should go to the game. I think you should. Yeah, maybe I'll go with my roommate. All right. 
underdog lineup. Brunson higher first play in yeah. in underdog, <laughs> very first play in underdog. Let's fill out the rest of it though. Let's see here. Any props jump Brunson. off the page for you? Brunson. I feel like I kind of want either Anthony Edwards or Joel, whichever one makes you feel better there. I think I like Edwards. 26 and a half. The issue is Joel. I know how great he is, but all his numbers are so... I can't even say inflated because he goes over, but they're just massive numbers. Yeah. 34. If Minnesota's going on the road to beat Philly, they probably need at least 30 from, from Ant, right? 30? Yeah, I would think so. Minimum requirement. And I mean, it's the same thing. Who who do they really have that's going to stop them? Yeah, they don't have anybody. All right. Anthony What's his number at? Like 26 and a half? 26 and a half. Yep. 26 and a half. Close it out with DR Fox. Uh, I'm trying to think if I want Fox or not. Uh, What numbers do I have on Underdog? Uh, Let's see here. Fox. I have DR Fox for higher or lower. Oh, wait. That's not how you spell Fox. 29 and a half. By the way, if Paul George is out, are we blindly going to consider like Harden assists or something? I mean, Harden I mean, has the ball in his hands. I would play Harden assists. Paul George is playing. He's have the ball in his hands the entire game. I would play. I would play Harden assists regardless. So, yeah, it would. It would definitely go up for me more. Kawhi or Luca? I feel like it's just just pick one of those two. Kawhi or Luca? Uh, well, Luca's default points prop is at thirty six and a half, so probably not Luca. Kawhi, but, Kawhi's at twenty nine and a half. I mean, Kawhi usually walks into thirty against this team. I said the last ten games averaging like twenty nine. So yeah, I probably Kawhi. All right, let's go. Let's All, Kawhi. Right. All right, there's your underdog lineup. We have Jalen Brunson higher twenty five and a half points. All points this time. Jalen Brunson higher twenty nine, twenty five and a half points. We have. Anthony Edwards, higher 26 and a half points. And we have Kawhi Leonard, higher 29 and a half points. That's your underdog lineup. Those three plays in the underdog contest pays you six to one. 100, excuse me, $100 gets you $600. With that promo code SGPN, you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Promo code SGPN at underdog fantasy. It's a pretty good one. I think we got a good one right there, Scott. Yep. All right. Anything else for people before we get up out of here? Yeah, we'll be back uh, with, uh, of course, together on the NBA show for Friday. I will also be doing the Thursday show with McKee. Uh, Munaf reached out to me, so I'll be doing tomorrow's show as well. And besides okay. that, if you want some if you want some football breakdowns for the game tomorrow, Terrell and I got you covered basically right after this. Yeah, yeah. Going over to the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Hey, if you want to hang out with us there, you can. But I know you aren't because we've taken up enough of your time. So with that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. Just going to be like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.